and welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is the podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have a former footballer turned kitchen pro back on the podcast to talk about his show where home chefs get the shock of a lifetime. He's a chef, restaurateur, Food Network star, and host of Out Chefed. It's Eddie Jackson. Welcome to the podcast again. You are technically our first ever repeat guest. I'm not sure if that was on your 2023 vision board, but we are so happy to have you back. You know what? Going into 2023 is one thing I want to accomplish this year. I want to be back on Obsessed. (laughs) Well, listen, we are in the business of making dreams come true. So we're just happy you said yes. No, we are so excited to chat with you again. Last time we talked all things football, all things barbecue. And if you haven't had a chance to listen, I definitely recommend going back and checking out that episode. We really got into that journey from football player to Food Network star. What have you been up to since we last spoke? Oh, you know what? I've been up to a lot of work with Food Network, you know, still doing a lot of my Christmas stuff. Mm -hmm. This new show, Out Chef, of course, you know, season two is out right now on Food Network. So that was a lot of fun filming that. I have a little son and then I I have a 11 month old little girl now, little Aria. Between the two, they're keeping me busy. (laughs) And how is the summer going at Rose Hill? You know what? Rose Hill is doing very, very well. We had our five year anniversary a couple months ago. You know, it's summertime, so people, you know, all the kids are out of school, so we stay pretty busy over there. For those who aren't familiar, give us the lowdown on Rose Hill. What is it? What's the vibe? What's the food like over there? So, yeah, Rose Hill Beer Garden, you know, we're located in Cypress, Texas, which is right outside of Houston, a suburb. And so basically, it's just a one-stop shop for fun, food, and family. We have eight different food trucks set up around this three-acre property. And I have different concepts at each one of these food trucks. I mean, from barbecue to Colombian fusion, pizza. And I just open up Eddie's Burgers there. So I do upscale craft burgers. We get our meat from West Texas, a private ranch that has Texas Wagyu beef. And we use that wow. for our burgers. These burgers are outstanding. I'm not just saying it because my name <laughs> is on it, but they're pretty, they're pretty good. But no, it's a family fun atmosphere. We have a huge playground for the kids, live music, 48 beers on tap. Wow. It's just it's just a a three acres of fun. Why did you decide to go the route of kind of like food truck, beer garden versus Mm -hmm. a traditional restaurant concept? Well, for me, I got my start in food trucks. I started with food Mm -hmm. trucks, you know, years and years and years ago. And I wanted to open up a restaurant. But the first thing that I wanted to do is kind of open up something that, that I knew that I would love doing from the jump. And Food truck park is what came to mind. I've always been fascinated with food truck parks. You know, that's the thing here in Texas. You know, you go to Austin, you see these food truck parks Mm -hmm. everywhere. Um, (laughs) And so I wanted to open up one here in Houston. I was actually the first one on this level to open up, you know, three acre food truck park. And it was a hassle in the beginning. But now we're going five years strong and we you know rotate our trucks out ever so often. We did a I don't know, I think since I saw you last, we did a show there. It's called Food Truck Face Off. Oh, love that. Yeah, at the beer garden. So we did that food truck face off at the beer garden. So it's been very well. That's awesome. I love that live music also kind of a a big part of the vibe and atmosphere there on the weekends. We know about your love of food and football. How does live music kind of fit into all that? Well, for me, growing up, music was something that was very important to my dad is a huge music fan. He loves jazz. 
like old school funk music, blues and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So for me growing up, that was always blasting through the house. Old school records, vinyl mm-hmm. um, is what we, you know, we have. My dad still has a, a pretty nice collection. So that's how I grew up is just, you know, food and sports and, and music. And so music is really near and dear to my heart. I love live music, going to concerts and things like that. So for me, I have to have live music at the beer garden. Yeah. And like you said, family friendly as well. And as we've covered at the top of this interview, you have a growing family. What is it like to just see, you know, families kind of coming together and and your place kind of being the epicenter of that? Yeah, for me, I'm I'm really big on community and the area that I live in in Cypress, Texas, like I said, northwest suburb of Houston. It's a real tight knit community. And so for me, one thing that was important for me, actually, is to make sure that this venue that I built, this beer garden was family friendly because surrounding my place of business is nothing but families, you know, household, mm-hmm. you know, with, with families inside them. So I wanted to make sure I had a communal spot where everybody could go young and old and and, and have a good time. That's awesome. I love that. And I, I love what you're building down there and also what you're building on Food Network. Of course, as you mentioned, your new show, Out Chef, well, not so new anymore, I guess it's in its second season, but so many unique surprise elements that, that make it really an exciting watch. How did the show come about? Well, so the show, you know, it was presented to me a few years back and I had never heard of any or seen a, a show, you know, like it, you know, to where... We have these home cooks, just everyday people that basically the people that watch Food Network, Mm -hmm. you know, just these home cooks that love Food Network. That never really was a show where they could go on. You know, you think about all the other shows that that are on Food Network, you know, now and also in the past, it was always, you know, a restaurant chef, you know, Mm -hmm. on Chopped and things like that, that were the ones competing. And there really wasn't a show where a home cook could go on and have their little shot at fame. And I feel like this show gives those home cooks that opportunity to be on Food Network and not just sitting on the couch and watching it. Yeah, no, I think it's I think that that aspect is is truly unique, especially just how it kind of all unfolds. And there's so many moving parts. Mm -hmm. You have these, like you said, home cooks they are confident home cooks. They arrive thinking that they're entering some sort of (laughs) audition. And then, you know, little beknownst to them, they are thrown into a head to head battle with a world class chef. So Mm -hmm. it's not just like home chefs competing against other home chefs. This is like kind of an unfair battle. What kind of reactions do you see from these contestants? I've seen it all. I've seen uh, people that literally were lost for words. I've seen (laughs) we've had some people that cried. (laughs) Literally people cried. People get the shakes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of everything. You know, it's so cool because you have these home cooks and they're watching Food Network and they watch all these culinary shows on TV and they see the, you know, Alex going to Shelley's, the Robert Irvine's Mm -hmm. and, and the list goes on and on and on the who's who of, you know, like Food Network. And now you're face to face with the, you know, you know, you're a fan of theirs. So now you're face to face with, you know, say Robert Irvine. And not only that, you get to meet him, but then you hear you're going to compete against them. <laughs> and so, you know, just as an average home cook, that blows your mind. And, you know, I get this question all the time, like, oh, it's not real. Like it's 100 percent real. These people are in shock. And, and how often are they like just completely starstruck by by like you said, they, they're meeting maybe one of their idols, but also like having to compete against them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're these, the reaction. I think that's the best part of the show is seeing their initial reaction when they find out who they're going to compete against. 
You know, I remember the first time this was in season one when Alex, you know, Alex, Iron Chef, Alex mm-hmm. Shelley, right? Everybody knows Alex. And when the home cook found out they were competing against Alex, I thought that she was going to leave. I thought, I thought she got, no, seriously, you know, cause they have the, they have the opportunity to say, Hey, you know what? I don't want to do this. I was like, you know what? I think this, I think this girl is going to leave. I, I think so. She was so like, she was happy, but she was so nervous and scared. I was like, there's no way she can cook now, but it worked. It ended up working out for her though. Has anybody left? No, 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 no one's left yet. Don't wish that on me. No, no I know. Two, I'm just curious. Two seasons, two seasons. No one has, has left yet. Because obviously we probably would not see that if they if they opted no, out. And no. I know it's only the second season, but I'm curious, you know, there are very, very, you know, avid Food Network fans out mm. there. Perhaps they've seen the show now that it's in its second season. Have anybody like has anyone figured out like what was happening before you reveal to them? It was only one person this past season that we kind of thought knew what was going on. But we really couldn't tell because the point is, it's like if, if they figure even if they figure it out, mm-hmm. they still have no idea who they're going to be competing True. against. So, you know, we kind of figure like if someone has watched season one and they see me when I when I introduce myself, you know, they, their antennas may start kind of moving a little bit. But there's no way they would know who they're competing against. And like that's when the magic happens, when you get to meet <laughs> like someone that you really respect and look up to that you've been watching on the TV for years and years and years. And now you're standing face to face with, say, Robert Irvine. That's yeah. where the be- that's that's the real beauty of the show. Yeah, no, I, I, I guess that's a really good point. Like even if they like at some point figure it out, they it still does not change the fact that they have a very daunting task ahead of them. Yeah. And there's no way to to prepare for that, even if they, you know, knew far in advance. What are some of like the best strategies that you've seen from these contenders once they do find out, you know, who they're competing against, what the challenge is, all those sorts of things? Yeah. So, you know, once all the nerves come down and I actually present them with the challenge and basically I give them a star ingredient, both the home cook and the chef, they get a star ingredient and it's easy. Just give me your best dish that you can make with this ingredient that I give you, whether it's, you know, like shrimp or lobster or, you know, lamb or whatever, you know, the ingredient that I give you, I want you to make your, your best dish. Now for home cook, um, I think the best strategy is to just cook like you're in your home, like you're in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. We've had a couple of times where, some of the home cooks, because they're cooking against a world-class chef, they think that they have to zhuzhify and fancify, you know, whatever they're cooking. I'm like, no, don't do that. This person, <laughs> this person has been doing this for 30 plus years. And, and you, you know, a Michelin star, you know, chef and things like that. Just do what you normally do. Because so- that's where the, that's the kicker, because they don't know who the judges are. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so that's that's your best piece of advice, I guess, is is just to kind of stay true to mm-hmm. yourself and and what you normally would cook at home for your friends and family. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what like do they get any advantages? Do they get any help? Do they get a chance to kind of look around the kitchen before they have to start cooking so they kind of can get an idea of what they're working with or are they just thrown directly into the fire? Well, me personally, I, I suggest that we just throw them in the fire because I just think it'll make I just think it'll make good TV. But 
have to make it fair, we give them a chance to walk around the kitchen just to get accustomed to where everything is as far as like, you know, produce and, and all of your spices, pots and pans, so that once time really starts, you know, they're not running around looking for certain things. They already kind of have an idea where things are in the kitchen. But that's on both sides because, you know, neither one of these, either the home cook or the chef, you know, this is a new territory for them. So they have to kind of check it out and see where everything is before they get going. Now, are the professional chefs at all like taking it easy on these competitors or is it full like knives out? Well, the first season we had a couple of chefs that kind of I wouldn't say taking it easy, Mm -hmm. but I guess they didn't fully understand that, you know, like you need to try to win. (laughs) But because we had I think. I think we I think it was pretty even in the first season where the home cook won, you know, half the time and then the chef won the the, the other half, obviously. But so, you know, word starts to get out, you know, in the Food Network community mm. amongst the, the chefs. And so when some of, you know, I asked some of them to come back this year. Oh, they were they were cooking like they were on Iron Chef. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not trying to lose. They have more. They have more to lose, probably, than oh, yeah. the the competitors have to gain. Yeah. I would say someone started a group text, I guess, amongst all the Food Network chefs. It's like, hey, if you go on Eddie's show, you better bring your A game. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Words getting around. I mean, you talked a little bit about what the competitors' reactions are when they see who they're going up against. What is it like for some of these, you know, world class chefs to come in and and kind of just see that reaction coming their way? You know what? I got to tell you, all of the chefs that have been a part of this show, I mean, all the way down the line, just everyone has been amazing. Because for me, I think it's so cool to, you know, you're on TV and, you know, you have this name, but there are people out there that look up to you Mm -hmm. and you have fans. And then when you come out and, you know, call the chef out and they get to, to meet the home cook. And to me, I just think that is so rewarding to see someone. It's it's so excited to meet you, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yes, this is a competition, but at the same time, it's a humbling experience. Coming up next, Eddie gives us more scoop on the season two of OutChef and explains how he finds strangers to be the blind taste testers when we come back. You mentioned the judging a little bit for anybody that hasn't had a chance to watch the show. First of all, you're missing out. But this is not your typical panel of culinary experts either. You're you're literally going out into the streets to grab four strangers for a blind taste testing. First of all, how stressful is that whole aspect of the show? Well, I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you, Jamie. It's not stressful at all. It's not. As you know, I have a pretty gigantic personality. (laughs) So I like that's that's my favorite part is to go out in the streets and try to find people. And it got to the point to where I was getting so many yeses. It was like, Eddie, we have to get no's. Like we can't have a, we, the whole the whole segment can't be. Yes, Eddie. Yes, Eddie. Yeah, because I love I love people. I love, you know, I'm the type of person like when I go into a new city, I will go and sit at the park and meet five people and just mm-hmm. talk to people. And so I found that it was you know easy for me to find people to come and do this random thing and eat some food and they don't know who's cooking. But we got a lot. It's New York City. So (laughs) some of the people a little bit special that we could not bring on TV. Trust me. (laughs) What? Why? You're you're afraid they were going to like swear or or what? What were you afraid of? Swear, sing. You know, one guy was 
was riding a bike with a speedo on and then oh. he said yes and i was like sir we can't bring you into the studio <laughs> thank you though thank you for that thanks, laugh. thanks but no thanks <laughs> i mean what, what's your best story from going out on the streets and, and and trying to you know recruit people to be judges this is this is a very true story so i was looking for someone and i was in i forget the name of what is it washington square Washington Square Park. Yeah. Yeah. Washington Square Park. And there was a fortune teller. <laughs> and so I go and I sit down, I sit Indian style and, and I, and she says to me, she was like, don't even speak. She was like, you're doing something. And she says, someone with a big name is going to go down tonight. And that's when Alice going to Shelly was, was the cook uh-huh. and she lost. <gasps> what? And I, I'd never met this lady before in my life. I mean, did she see, I mean, obviously she saw the cameras, right? Or. No, I just told her that we're filming. We have a, a cooking competition going on. Didn't tell her there was a home cook or there was this famous chef. Just that there was a cooking competition. Wow. And she said, somebody with a big name is going to go down. <laughs> Seriously. She it, literally. It freaked me out. It, it freaked me out. So then wow. we, walk off, we walk off. We walk off and we're going to the next place. And she's screaming, where's my $20? Where's my $20? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Listen, everybody's hustling in New York City, you know? <laughs> you got to you got to make your money somehow. <laughs> Wait, so she was not she was not one of the taste testers. She was just a character as you were looking for them. No, after that bit of information, I was scared to bring her in the studio. <laughs> she probably was like, I don't even need to taste the food. I've She's already like, tasted I know. it. She's like, I know exactly I've already who my winner. It. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that story. Well, by the way, the home cook only needs one vote from these yep. strangers to win the $5,000 prize. Why just one vote? Is that kind of to even the playing field a little bit? Yeah, you know, we think that it, it evens the playing field because let's, let's let's face it, you know, we have these, you know, home cooks and they're just used to, you know, cooking for their family, maybe some friends. And to be matched up against an iron chef, you have to find some way to make it a little bit fair. So mm-hmm. out of four people, if that home cook can get at least one of those votes, I think that's fair. Yeah. And what, it happens. Yeah. I mean, well, clearly, what do you think is the biggest name to go down? Is it Alex? Yeah, maybe. I think maybe Alex would be the biggest name because she's an iron chef. But the thing about it is, is that with these home cooks and now, mind you, the people that I find, they have no idea who's cooking. They don't know that it's a home cook or, you know, you know, world renowned chef. They have no idea. All they get is two dishes. Now, what I think and what I've come to understand is like normally when the home cook gets a vote or two votes or whatever the case may be, is that the people that are eating, it triggers something with them. You know, maybe it reminds them of their mother's food or their wives or their grandmother or something like that. There's something nostalgic about it because it's just good old home cooking. You know, it's no caviar. It's nothing you know, it's, it's not, you know, a top tier dish, you know what I mean? And so I feel like that's how they get those votes sometime. What is it like when that home cook gets that very precious vote and you get to reveal that to them? It is so amazing to see the reaction, not only from the home cook, but most of the time, these home cooks, they bring in their, their family, their friends, their spouse, their kids. And so a lot of times, you know, the family is offset in the green room and it's been, you know, at least three or four times where I, I announce that, you know, whoever the home cook is that they've won, you can hear the family screaming from across <laughs> the set and you can hear them running down the stairs, you know, so it's just really cool. But not only that, 
the chefs and we we haven't had an instance to where the chef wasn't just really happy for the home cook to be mm-hmm. able to have that experience. You know, this is something that, they, that these people will never forget for the rest of their lives. You know, they watch Food Network, you know, religiously. And they've always wanted to be on Food Network, you know, just one time because Mm -hmm. this is the show that gives them that opportunity. And then you go on and you actually win a Food Network show like you're they go back home, they're (laughs) the talk of the town. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're the talk of the town. The PTA meeting is about them, not the kids. <laughs> what a wide range of emotions for these people to be going through in a single day. Like coming in thinking they're they're auditioning for one thing, actually competing for another. And then if they do end up winning, I yeah. mean, like what a what a roller coaster that is for them. What are the contestants doing with their prize money if they should be so lucky to win? I've heard everything from give it to charity to most of the time it has something to do with kitchen equipment because mm. a lot most of these, these home cooks, you know, they're like avid cookers. They're cooking every day and experimenting and getting ideas from what they see on Food Network. So a lot of times I hear they want to upgrade their you know kitchen appliances and mm. accessories and knives and pots and pans. A couple of times I've heard they want to go on a tour and go to Italy and do all these culinary oh, I love uh, culinary trips, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 a very cool ex- experience because, like you said, you know, they're meeting their idols and then maybe walking away with a little money as well. What is your favorite part about filming the show? For me, it's the, the, the look on the home cook's face when, A, they find out that it's a competition, but when they get to meet someone that, they kind of idolize. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. It's just like when I was growing up, I was a huge Bo Jackson fan. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine. I've never met Bo Jackson. Oh, really? But I couldn't imagine like, you know, in my younger years, it's like when, when I was playing football, if I would have yeah. got to meet Bo Jackson, I would have. And, and then had out. to compete against him. <laughs> and then they had to compete against him. I think it's the same thing. If someone is like a huge fan of Robert Irvine and you watch Robert Irvine, you watch Restaurant Impossible. And then the next thing you know is he's standing in front of you all muscled up. And then now I was like, well, actually you two are going to be competing head to head (laughs) like that. For me, I'm a competition junkie. Yeah. And so that just kind of gets my juices flowing when I see that. (laughs) You're like literally watching their head explode as this reveal is happening. Any upcoming projects that we should be on the lookout for, for the rest of 2020, 2023? Yeah. So obviously, you know, I do all of my Christmas stuff. We got Christmas coming up. And it sounds funny saying that in the summertime, but I've been doing holiday shows with the network for a while. And for me, like I've been with the network now for, I think maybe like seven years Mm -hmm. and I just love it. And Jamie, you know, like everyone is just so cool. And like, we're like a little, even though we may not see each other all the time, yeah. but when we do, it's just like time never passed. And so I've just been having a blast with everyone from the network and I'm just enjoying the ride. It's been so awesome to just see your progression, obviously, from Food Network Star to where we see you now hosting your own show. And we look forward to seeing the rest of the episodes this season. We are going to finish things off with a little rapid fire round, different than the last time. And then we have one final question for you, which you have already answered, but we'll see if the answer is different this time. So rapid fire questions, most intense pro chef on the show so far. Rocco. Okay. I could see that. <laughs> Very uh, intense. Your favorite summertime activity. Favorite summertime activity? Ooh, that is difficult. I would say drinking Palomos by the pool. I mean, that sounds like pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Along those lines, your go-to impressive dish you like to cook on the grill. Ooh, 
that's a hard one. You know, I grill everything. <laughs> I would have to say two things. I love to do fish on the grill. Mm. So like a red snapper or this is Texas, a good beef rib because you yeah. can't go wrong with that. <laughs> Everyone's going to be happy with with that one. Travel must haves. Travel must haves is. So I have this thing to where I go to department stores mm-hmm. and I get like 50 like test colognes, you know, you put it in the little bottle. So <laughs> yeah. I have a collection. And so when I travel, I just, that's what I take. You just take a different one each time? No, I take like 20 of them. <laughs> <laughs> every every day I have a new scent. <laughs> your, your like little plastic bag is just filled with cologne samples. <laughs> cologne samples. Seriously. I literally got like 50 of them. All right. Well, what is the next vacation destination? Next vacation destination is Lisbon, going to Portugal. Oh, amazing. When is that taking place? Uh, that's hopefully, and if, if nothing, if I don't get booked <laughs> for anything, August. Oh, lovely. Well, well, we'll be following along on Instagram. And final rapid fire question. Who would you like to go up against in an episode of OutChef? That's easy. I would like to go up against Bobby Flay. <laughs> Bobby's my man. I love Bobby. Me and Bobby have this relationship where, you know, we like bros, but we mm-hmm. like to compete against each other. We did yeah. a barbecue brawl a couple seasons ago, and I need a rematch because he ended <laughs> up, he, he beat me. So I need a rematch. <laughs> All right. A rematch maybe on the way. All right. Final question, not rapid fire. And this is what would be on the menu for your perfect food day? So we want you to take us through like breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. You can travel, time travel, spend as much money as you want. Any chef can serve these meals. You can cook them, whatever you want. We just want to hear what your perfect day is and if it's different than last time. Okay. It's definitely probably different. (laughs) So for breakfast, I'm not a big breakfast guy, Mm -hmm. but when I am in the mood for breakfast, I love a good breakfast taco. Mm. Very Texas Texas of you. yeah. (laughs) uh, Very Texas. Get breakfast tacos anywhere at the gas station on the side of the road. So breakfast tacos. Love that. For lunch, I would probably I'm a I'm a sandwich guy. Mm-hmm. I love I love sandwiches. So like a good classic like corned beef, like mm-hmm. deli sandwich, mm-hmm. like New York style. Yeah. You know like what I mean? Cats deli yeah, like kind of thing. Like that. That's my jam for lunch. And I've been on a sandwich kick for a while. I've been doing this thing where you've seen the thing on this Ben Bar where they do like the chopped sandwiches where they take mm. all the meats and they chop it up with the lettuce yep. and stuff like that. So I've been doing that for you like You have. Two years. Yeah, oh, I've man. been doing it. Only, <laughs> only a few months late, but. <laughs> I, know, right? I was kind of mad. I was like, why not think of this? <laughs> I know. Sometimes you, you see those TikTok trends and you're like, ah, that is a really ah, good idea. <laughs> exactly. For dinner. My deathbed food is Jamaican oxtails, Jamaican style mm, oxtails. Yeah. That is my deathbed. I mean, I used to go to Jamaica all the time and I just fell in love with like real Jamaican Caribbean style oxtails, mm-hmm. like so with pimento seeds and all that stuff and scot- scotch bonnets. And yep. so that would be that. And then for dessert, I would have to have, I haven't had this in a long time. My grandmother used to make um, the best caramel cake. And mm. I haven't, I tried to recreate it and it's just not the same. <laughs> I would go back in time to get Annie Ruth Jackson's caramel cake. Oh, I will. I've tried to recreate it. My, my aunt, my dad, and it's just not the same. It's not the same. No, she uh. lies in her recipes though. She, if you ask her, like she always leave out just like, <laughs> you know, it's going to look good, but it's, it's she's purposely leaving. Yeah. You think she does it on purpose or, or was it just like, she just kind of, you know. 
kind of winged it when oh, she no, was I gone. really think we just started asking her for the recipes too late and she was too old. Uh, and so she's just forgetting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's not she's not like purposely yeah. trying to take all these yeah. secrets to her grave. You sure it's supposed to have orange <laughs> juice in this cake butter? <laughs> oh man. Well I, you know I hope someday that you are able to you know recreate that that recipe just as you remembered it. But yeah. either way it sounds like a wonderful food day and once again congrats on season two of the show we're looking forward to watching many more oh thank you so much jamie you can catch eddie on the second season of out chef thursdays at 9 30 eastern on food network and streaming on max make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing and if you enjoyed today's episode please rate and review we love it when you do that That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday.